Hey everyone, and welcome to the 117th episode of We're All in the Same Boat. I'm your host, Luke Roxwold, and today I am with Eddie Weller Jr. Greetings. <laughs> Just got to make sure that I get that that last name right, because apparently that's there's a lot of history there. It is. Yeah, I mean, that, that one in particular goes back like 500 years. <laughs> Weller. <laughs> it's my dad's name. Yeah, actually, that's like one of the, the things I actually want to talk about, because, uh, so, you know, for the audience listening... Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, which you should, if you don't, it's a problem. But if you do, you would have seen the videos that I made with Eddie, which were the let's build this shit, which is like something that you came to me and were like, Hey Luke, you do these, you do these video things. I have an idea for a series that'd be really good. Right. Uh, and so far we did the, the, um, the bench. The lounger and the lounge chair. Yeah. See the bench, the lounge. Like it's like calling a ship a boat. It's I mean, like, it's, it's just a a, it's a fancy bench. Yeah, yeah, it you is. Know, Central uh, Park bench. Yeah, we built that thing, and then we were working on the projector screen, which is like most of the way finished. Right. We just we put the projector screen on it, and we're like, I don't know that this. I think we need to see. Yeah, I need to get I need to get the right scale projector screen, and I need to I need to just get. I need to get off my ass and finalize what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's no. all. It's just it's like know. one of the things I find it's myself. Just, it's, it's tough, man, because the heat, man, you walk outside and the heat's just so demoralizing, you know? This, that's actually, I keep talking to people in Seattle. Like, that's the small talk that we always kind of get into in our in our office things because I'm the only one that's in Florida. Okay. And so I was like, well, hey, say, so how's Florida, Luke? And I'm like, well, it's hot. Oh, it's yeah, it's humid. Is it really humid? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really humid, okay? I get it. That's yeah, the way it's Florida is. That's what it is. It is. It's a hot, welcome, it's a hot welcome city. Welcome to Florida in August. Uh, so to start out, I kind of wanted to think back on just like our friendship because I remember the first time I met you was when you came to Seattle. It was like, what, two years ago? Two and a half years ago almost? Dude, so you want to hear, hear something crazy that I just found out? There was, uh, so there was, uh, you know, I, I dabble in the astrology, as you know. God, but really, the thing that is interesting, me? the thing that is interesting to me the most is the constellations. I like that part of it. But astronomy or astrology? A little bit of both. You know, mm-hmm. I like I like the, the I like the fact that it's a there's a gray area between what is science. Why do you, do you think that astrology and is and I'm not this is not me like about to like try and slam you. I'm curious. Like, sure. Do you. So the astrology side of this, the signs. Do you. The people I've talked to about it in the past, they're like, I don't believe it. But the more I look into it, I sort of believe it. And so I'm curious, like, where you stand on that? Like, is there a science behind it just because of the, where the stars are? Like, how do we know? So I how? grew up I grew up as a Roman Catholic. I went to Catholic school, and I, was, I bought into the religion. So it's Satan, right? Like, I, was I, grew very, up, like a, I was very into, you know, not very into, but I really, you know, I was interested in it, and I tried to really understand it. One of the things, one of the fundamental wait, concepts. Wait, wait, wait. You, went to, you went to understand astrology because you were Catholic? No, I was very into religion. Like, as a Catholic, I was very into oh, the Catholic okay. religion. I was very okay. interested in that. I wanted to understand the history and the culture and everything. And I wanted to, you know, embrace it because it was my religion. So one of the fundamental concepts behind in the Roman Catholic religion is this concept of the mystery of faith. You know, it's the mystery that mystery of things that we're not meant to understand. We're not supposed to understand because God is an almighty being Mm. and we are, you know, just people. Right. So there's always like, because I grew up uh, like Protestant. So like we're enemies and stuff like that in, (laughs) in Ireland. Sure, I guess <laughs> maybe 500 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They still, I, I still don't no, think they, they don't, like they each don't other that much in, in Ireland. No, no, no. 
I mean, some people, for some people, religion is a really big deal. Well, it's just, yeah, yeah. But what you I was going to say is that with, uh, there was always sort of the, you can't, it's God, so you can't fully grasp it. So there has to be a certain percentage of like, you can't understand this yeah. because... Like, how can there be a God that's the amp- Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? How can it be three beings right. in one creature? How does that work? There's a, there's a mystery there. And mm-hmm. the mystery is that we're not going to understand it. We just have to have faith. Right. Period. And understand that it exists. But so, like, and you. That's something that it never, like, never really bothered me. I, that was easy for me to accept that there were things that I was never going to understand, mm-hmm. even as well as I was going to understand some concepts. That was. So, like, that in, in contrast of, like, if you grew up with just science parents of like science, 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 everything is provable, everything is disprovable. Then you kind of have like this concrete, like if it's not explained, yeah, then what do you do with things you can't explain? Right, exactly. And so like you, you just file those away. Wait a minute, age, that's not scientific. That's right. not the scientific method. I know I studied that, you know, for a little bit in college. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that thing before. But yeah. anyway, so you were saying you, you were studying uh, a lot of like religion and stuff like that because at the time you religions are cool bro they are they, they explain like fundamental belief systems of people over time you know they're very they just just the like just the way that they are interlaced with culture and just different as we go as, you know all throughout so i was I was interested in history and religions from a very young age like it was mm-hmm. just a interesting thing to me there were interesting stories you know and they were real life it wasn't like something somebody made up so when it came to like you know <clears throat> When I came to college, I started learning about other religions. You start understanding other religious philosophies because it's not just like we have the we have the, the Catholic dogma that I mm-hmm. understood very well, and then there's the other, you know, dogmas of different religions like Islam and Hinduism. And, yep. But what I came to understand is that we really don't understand very much. You know, when I was in college, I also was exposed to the scientific method and that like style of thinking. You know, mm-hmm. at the collegiate level, not not in high school, where it's like, okay, let's see what we're gonna do here. We're gonna and we're like, form we a hypothesis, the and then we're gonna make a thesis. Absolutely, yeah. No, that was not. You know, that was not what we were doing when I was in college. We were, you know, I mean, they were. You know, it was just. It was. It was college. When when you get to college, college is different. You know, everything you do in college is totally different. Mm-hmm. The way that you go about, you know, school is totally different, and it makes you think about things. You know. But so at, at this point, so now you're in college and you're starting to sort of learn about, uh, there's a lot of things out there that well, touch on spirituality ignore, and stuff like that. You can't ignore correlations, right? Okay. You can't ignore things that, you know, not to say that everybody that's born in January, that's a Capricorn, is like a right, hard so that's why I don't. That's why I don't get it. Because it's like, what what is the the idea that someone is born <laughs> at like a certain certain time and then... What is it? The gravity, the gravity of the stars. See, I don't know enough about. I don't know enough about it in that that sense. I don't know enough about it in that sense to really be able to tell you what it is. I just know that, you know, the position of the stars and the planets at the time of your birth, not predetermines or predestines, but it explains certain aspects of your life, or it may help or serve to further explain. That's the theory of of astrology. The the concept, as far as I understand it, as well as I understand it. It's just tricky because I know, like. For, for lack of a better term, woo-woo, you know, just like, woo-hoo, just these things that spirits and palm reading and, like, what I grew up with that was, like, Satan, you know, I was like, oh, don't, sure. don't go near that no, stuff. I, I, so yeah. I never did, and I still haven't. You know, the I don't really plan on it The either, interesting but. thing is, no, I mean, it's not to say that I'm out here, like, you know, getting my palms read, right. or, you know, or, like, playing tarot cards. Like, oh, no, no, I, I want to let that no, into my life if that stuff is real. I mean, no, I mean, I mean I've but, definitely, you know, I've definitely dabbled in things that, you know, 
Catholic priests would be like, whoa, <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you know, that's the devil, you know. Right. But, you know, the thing is that, you know, you can't. I really I believe this concept fundamentally. You cannot live in fear of anything, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to have, you know, a very strong faith. And that goes all the way back to my Catholic roots. And not necessarily strong faith in God, but just you have to have strong faith. Whatever your faith is rooted in, you have to make sure that it is strongly rooted in that thing. Whether it's mm-hmm. yourself, your family, you know, your business, what you do, whatever. It doesn't matter. You have to, some part of you has to be strong or everything about you will be weak. You know, mm-hmm. period. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's like the scientific method, like you said, it's like there's nothing strong then you're not strong right so, yeah. and it's not a difficult thing I and mean, you can make any part of you, you know, i think you just have actually to work at it that's interesting because i was talking to someone today about uh you know like when when you're younger and you're you're interested in girls and stuff and you're trying to find like find the nerve to ask a girl out and the thing is like the whole the nice guy thing that, that goes around is like oh i didn't date this guy because he was too nice and, and like certain guys out there are like, well, I was nice. I don't understand why she wouldn't like me. I was nice to her. It doesn't make sense. Oh, you know? nice but it's like, yeah, because because being nice is not hard to do. Not really. It's kind of hard sometimes to be nice to people. But overall, it doesn't take a lot of hard work to learn how to no, be nice. Hard to work. No, but to be brave, to be courage, to like have the balls to go up to a girl and just say something to her. To like that's that's what's impressive. So being nice yeah, is bro, not bro. really a good way to There's impress a, somebody. There's it's bravery. Old. Like you were saying, bravery where you're like, don't live in fear. Uh, be willing to take a risk. You can't be, be afraid of risk. You cannot be afraid. That's, exactly. that's something I fundamentally believe is you cannot. Because well, there's no, there's no, there's no end point to it. You know, like when, if it was like, if you go for a walk, you should wear a bicycle helmet on your head just in case a car comes and hits you while yeah, you're bro. running. Absolutely. You're like, what about a Kevlar vest? Yeah, just exactly. Case, what if a straight bullet hits you? Yeah, that's serious shit, dude. I think it was in yeah. um, that could happen anywhere, bro. Yeah, anybody can have a gun, bro. Yeah, someone might shoot crazy. someone. Yeah. Someone, something might explode. Yeah, Shrapnel flies at you, bro. What if somebody in the neighborhood? Like, what if somebody in the neighborhood has an M16? They're just like, nope, this is the day. Exactly. So, like, why not just wear a suit of armor everywhere? Exactly. What if they get you in your bed? You should wear a suit of armor to bed. Dude, yeah. What if they? What if they know where but you? But what are if there's a flood? Yeah, you just sink. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> You can't. You're worrying me too much, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I feel it. So, um, you're talking about because I've heard you say that more than more than a few times about like don't live in fear. I think you said it to Ruji, like on the boat, like three Probably, times. Yeah. Like, no, you cannot. You cannot live in fear. Fear is a very from the time I was a very very young child. My grandfather would take us to the beach, and you go to the beach, and you know there's shit in the water yeah. you know what I'm saying like, yeah, like coronavirus you know? <laughs> actually this is a fact there's not a single case of coronavirus on the water so therefore <laughs> therefore like, bro open up the boat ramps it's just like, <laughs> or it's like because there's no hospitals in the water <laughs> hey bro nobody said nothing about that dude you're misinterpreting the stats right. the, what needs to be understood is we like get the people stats out on saying, the boats bro get people on boats <laughs> bro, there's no uh, nobody's tested positive on the water Tell me the person who says it's positive on you the water. You can't argue against that logic, wait, honestly. Yeah, it's a scientific saying, dude. method, I mean, dude. Jesus, I'm out here, bro. I'm trying to educate the people, you know? I But you were saying that, like, you're, you're at the beach and you're... Oh, yeah. Lots no, of things just, to be afraid you know, there, was, of. there were things to be afraid of. You know, one of the things that... And this is a fact. You can look this up scientifically. There are sea creatures who are attuned to feeling vibrations from fear. You know, and really? that was a, yeah, that's a thing. Like sharks can sharks can't smell fear, but they can sense fear. Actually, I thought that's interesting. That sharks you say are that. one. There's other animals like that. They can do that. That's why, like, that's why they, they dart away. Well, when and they think dart about away. this. Like, I, I, so I here's what happened. Um, I 
there was a lizard literally on the fence because you know like at our house there's like lizards running around all over the place but the, he was standing on the fence mm. and I made a noise I snapped my fingers or, or did I don't know I did something that made a big noise and he didn't react he didn't even move and I was like man if, if I was him like as a person that was really small and some giant thing made a big noise I would jump like whoo oh man big noise right and so yeah, bro, but that lizard he, may have seen somebody jump no, here's, and get, here's, and get well, got. That's true, too. I but know. I was going to say this, that like when, but then when I tapped on the wood, it's like he felt the vibrations in the wood, like because I t- touched the wood he was on, and he ran he, off. He rose. And then I was sitting there thinking like, oh, yeah, he felt the vibrations in the wood. Imagine if we could like feel the vibrations and other things. And I was like, wait a second. That's all that sound is. Sound is just us hearing Vibrations, but we are just so good at hearing vibrations that we hear the air moving. That's that's how sensitive we are. And so it was like, yeah, what if there could be so many other senses that we can't understand? You know, because like explaining sight to but a blind person. You know, it's interesting you bring this up because the Hindus believe that the Big Bang was just the sound that created the universe, and they believe that that sound is the Om. And if you look at the frequency with which the universe is expanding, and you compare it. To the frequency of the sound, ohm, you what? will find there is a correlation. Wait a minute, really? I swear to God, I'm not making that up. I learned that in college. Was this in a religion class? Oh yeah, focused on Hinduism, taught by a Protestant who went to Harvard. Can you believe that? <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not even believe- I'm not even making that up. Well, I mean, he didn't believe it though because he was Protestant, right? He was just- he no, he was like he had strong Protestant faith, but he had studied Hinduism, he had studied Islam, he had gone to Harvard for like four semesters. And Why then, did he choose uh, Protestant over like all the other ones? I think it's just how he was raised. But he taught at FIU, and I had a bunch of his classes because FIU made us take a bunch of humanities classes, which and I think I is like, baloney. But I mean, you know, whatever. I had taken religion my entire life, whether I wanted to or not. That's right. a humanity, you know. So I was like, whatever, strap in. And they're like, you can do any religion you want. And I was like, sick. How do you feel about college, like in general? In what sense? Like, I was literally telling Nikki earlier today, like. I feel like it's sort of a Ponzi scheme. Like you have to pay all this money for it. Like you have to pay so much money for it. And you have to take all these classes that don't you know, it's a, don't tie into anything that you're doing for your job. And it's like, well, it's what a if I don't want to? Well, because it's like, what if like, what if I don't want to take playwriting class mm. because I'm a computer science major? What if I don't want to take that class because I have no use for learning how to write a play? And it's like, okay, well, if you don't pay us to take a class you don't want to take then we don't give you the paper that says you can code. Yeah, bro. It's just weird. It's but like, have you thousands of dollars for this? Really? In that sense, I disagree with you. Because this is, this is, is coding of a computer or of a program of any kind not just a play with numbers, bro? Like, is there not something that could be learned from writing a play, maybe understanding the play as a whole? So I'll take, I'll take what you're saying right there and apply it somewhere else because it's like, because in like, that oh, sense, maybe, I do agree with college. I will pay you It does give you the opportunity to if think I told about you, a lot of overlapping concepts together. I understand that. But it's like if I told you, hey, why don't you pay me thousands of dollars so you can take a class you don't want to take? And maybe, who knows, maybe you might learn one thing or something. Maybe. You should be like, no, I'm not paying that money for, for all that. You know? So you, you like to learn via syllabus, huh? You like to know exactly what you, you don't want surprises. I'm going to learn this, this, and this, and this. This is what it is, whatever. You don't want to learn by surprise. Um, I mean, I think that if it's my career, I should be able to make my own decisions and then reap any consequences that come from that. Like if I can't get a job, but that's assuming that somebody has the answers. What do you mean? 
like you're assuming that there are you're assuming that there are okay you're saying like, okay I, I want to make decisions you're assuming that they're therein that implies there's a right decision and a wrong decision which means that there are answers what is the right decision what is the wrong decision mm-hmm. that's the question or the best decision for me you okay know, all like, right so maybe you don't think in, in in absolute terms but you definitely okay so the reason I, I prefer to learn by accident you know not by accident but you know sort of <clears throat> I mean going through the repetitions and then discovering an aha you know right like I the aha moments stick a lot further when I was in college we we did uh not not to keep like <laughs> stopping even we did uh no no, no keep going we did like uh, educational sciences type deal, um, where we helped the um, the RAs or the TAs. Uh, it was called PLTL. It was like a group of I think it was like eight people, and it was like peer led team learning. And somebody mm-hmm. who had taken the class and passed the class was helping people study for, you know, the tests and things like that based on a study guide lesson plan. But each PLTL leader kind of had their own independence to kind of make things happen and there was a lot of different concepts by via which people learned and one of them was uh, this concept called scaffolding where you try to basically run people through like mundane operations where they are doing the same thing over and over again until mm-hmm. they build the building kind of like a scaffold you know mm-hmm. that's kind of how I <laughs> that's how I like look at things so I you know I try to look at everything like in college especially in college I try to look at everything with like an open mind like what who knows what I'm going to learn here you know like mm-hmm. not necessarily let the concept of getting an education get in the way of learning yeah i mean i there is something to be said about uh you know just like going into anything and going maybe there's something i can get from this you know like maybe i might learn something because you know like if i take script writing uh i might learn something about filmmaking which in a social world having little bits of knowledge and little things that help you understand that can go a long way. If I'm at a party sure. and someone's like, Oh, I'm a script writer. I'd be like, Oh, I took a, yeah, I took a script writing class. Don't you do it in this weird format or something? Like what's up with that? And like, how long are your scripts? Cause it took me like hours to write four pages. How many pages do you write in a normal script? And so like that class would open the door for that conversation. So I, sure. I get that. It's just, it's very expensive. God, it is so expensive. expensive man. It so is absolutely. Money. I mean, it, that that part is kind of ridiculous. It's a politics I mean, side to that too, though. I yeah. think once you're know, once but, you're in there, though, it's interesting because that that was one of the things that I loved about college was that once I was in, it was easy to get into classes that I wasn't signed up for. Mm-hmm. So I, I spent a lot of time, especially my first two years in college. I really spent a lot of time soaking up a lot of knowledge in classes I wasn't even signed up for. What was which one class that really? surprised you I'm trying to think if I if I could even answer that question that's a good question I took a lot of weird classes in college like I took like ballroom dancing in college <laughs> yeah like I took uh, I took I did take screenplay or um, playwriting as one of my humanities uh-huh. uh, it's funny because ballroom dancing was PE that was the PE <laughs> class I'm trying to think but it's like uh-huh. something you could take with you you know physics I had to take all the physics classes and stuff like that that was kind of interesting to learn about all that um, physics was cool. I liked physics a lot because physics was in a big lecture, like a mm-hmm. big lecture hall, and uh, it was actually probably those probably those humanities classes with that guy who went to Harvard, or actually some of my some of my early stage economics classes. Really I, I wanted to ask you about that process. actually, like the uh, well, obviously at some point in this podcast, I'm planning to talk to you about history because I want to see your your viewpoint on on history. 
Um, but economics, isn't that something you focused on in college? Well, eventually, so I just reached a point when I was in college, I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be a doctor or I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to do one of these things that requires post-secondary. And then when I was in college, I was like, dude, I, I, you know, I I studied for a physics final for 13 straight hours. And then I took the final, like, just like that, just bang, knocked it out, B plus, killing it. Just super (laughs) happy. Going to be minus in the class. I was fucking happy as shit. Mm -hmm. Super fucking pumped. Uh, And then I was burnt out. For like six days just couldn't handle anything bro just bad and i remember thinking to myself like bro do i want to be a doctor this bad bro yeah you're like this is the start this is the easy part yeah dude do i this is this is physics one bro no calculus yeah. <laughs> you know like do i want to do this bro dude, and then to be a doctor you have to be in college then i was like dude you know what bro i'm pretty good at talking bro i feel like maybe i can get somebody off of a charge but maybe i'm gonna be a lawyer and I was like, dude, competition to be a lawyer is high. There's yeah, a lot of really like, smart motherfuckers out there who are yeah. trying to be lawyers. Like fast talkers, you know? Oh, my God, yeah. Just so like, I was like, yeah, maybe I don't want to It's like you're fighting that. against Ben Shapiro's just right and left. Yeah. Just, just da 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 You're like, wait, 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 hold on. I, I got to get my... It's a lot of stress, man. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that kind of stress. So Someone's that, going to jail or not, right. depending on what side you're doing. And so what then you're I started thinking, like, really, what, what, what am I here for? Oh, I got to get a degree. Well, what do I got to get a degree for? I'm not going to post-secondary school. You got to get a degree so you get a job. Okay. All right. Pretty fair argument. No problem. What do I get a degree in? Well, I don't know. Figure something out that you like. Okay. I'm gonna take it's just like, the- just get something. It's like. I'm not going to do marketing because okay. marketing is a joke, right? Who takes marketing? Fine girls and guys who are, you know. <laughs> you think clowns. marketing is a joke? Maybe not, bro. I don't know. But I to you, wrong. from your perspective, you're like, I don't want to do No, it's important. That there's a place for it, for sure. But it's not. I know a lot of marketing guys that were clowns, bro. <laughs> you know, like, okay, I, I will give you that. That uh, psychology is important. Marketing is important. Communications is important. You know, it's like they're yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's sure. like most of the people that get that degree are just, just, just getting the degree to yeah, get it. Absolutely. You know, it's like, oh, I'm getting marketing. It's like, but are you really interested in marketing? Are you actually trying to really market? Or are you just getting the degree? I guess. Yeah, no, I feel you. So then I looked at it and I was like, I bought accounting. I looked at accounting and I was like, yeah, this is the science of the numbers. And I, I didn't know shit about shit. So I was like, fuck this. I'm not trying to do this. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of work for not a lot of gain. But I didn't understand it. Now, you know, it's different. Now. The benefit of age, you know, it'll teach you something. But so like you eventually decided. Well, I just, I ran through all the economic, uh, not all the economics, all the business stuff. And I was just like, dude, all this is a waste of time. Because any class I would sit in, they, I would like, they would start with any concept of thinking and eventually we get to a point where i would ask a question not every time but a lot we get to a point where we, i would ask a question and there's you don't need to, you don't need to know that that's not important for this right okay what the fuck <laughs> right that was that was always my like i guess like my, my reaction was like okay i guess i'll just go fuck myself then whatever i guess i'm my opinion is not important i guess whatever fuck what i was thinking right mm-hmm. and in that sense i did hate school because they have an objective and they want you to think a certain way and that's fine i get that but it's that's counter to the learning process because the learning process is about experimentation and trying to figure things out and hypothesizing and testing. Right. And you can't do that if you're in a box. You yeah, know, no, well, eventually the, you hit the sides. It's like so much of school is here's what we want you to say. And then when we tell you to say this thing, say it. Mm. And say it could be write it or check the, the letter for the answer, you know, it's like, sure. instead of like, my thing is that the example I always use to explain what college was in a lot of ways is college teaches you to say the correct answer at the right time. 
And it's not, oh, well, yeah. not even that. No, it's not even that. It's the, it's the answer the teacher wants you to say. It's not the correct answer. It's the answer they want you to say. Because when you get a multiple choice question, and the example I always use is, uh, you know, what color is the sky? And it's like A, blue, B, red, C, yellow, D, you know, black, clear. And it's like, well, what class are you? Okay, in, bro? it depends on yeah. It's like if you're an art, bro, it's blue, but abstract. It's physics, yeah, exactly. And it's like, physics and it's like, clear, how do you bro. define color? Is color the reflection of the light That's in the air? Because the atmosphere changes yeah. colors depending on where the light's coming through. It's red when it's setting. It's clear. Right. Or do you mean the color behind the particles, which is black, which is space, which is nothing? So it's like, dude, I can the make kind of, of a lot of arguments for all three of these, sure, yeah. and you want me to choose one, and one of these is right, but there's no debate, there's no discussion. It's just like you just tell me the answer that I want you to tell me. Right. The answer is blue. Well, that's not the answer, but that's the answer I'm supposed to tell you. And and if I'm good at knowing what answer you want me to say, I can check it and I can get the points, and then I'm good to go. Yeah, bro. That's, it's not critical thinking, though. That's that's a thing that bothers me, bro. Critical thinking is an important part of yeah. just about anything in life, you know. But they don't want you to think critically, you know. They don't because when you think critically, you start realizing that. But you shouldn't pay thousands of dollars for paying, college. Degree. Oh, you're paying thousands <laughs> of dollars for a college degree that you're gonna owe hundreds of thousands of dollars on, right? Oh, true. Yeah. And then when you owe that, I mean, you gotta work, right? So you gotta work forty hours a week at a job you probably don't like because well, the degree got you in the door. Just to throw it in there. I don't think all of college is bad. I just think a lot of it is. It depends on why you you're know. going. Like 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 computer science, I think was a good degree for me to get. Sure. Now, do I really think I learned that much in college? Not really. See, that's what, that's I what learned I'm saying, some bro. See, I for, for four years of work. This is where this is where you and I differ, bro. So I I walked out of there with no degree. Four years of college, people would be like, "That's a waste. All that time, all that effort." So I learned a lot. I'll tell you what. I learned a lot of shit my four years in college about all kinds of things, about math, about science, about history, people, psychology, love, the heartbreak, everything you could imagine. I learned it. You know what I'm saying? Like I learned a lot. I touched on a lot of subjects. Didn't walk out of there with a piece of paper that says I did. But, you know, this is the thing. So my grandparents, they came from Cuba. My grandfather had to get his degree in Cuba and then he came back at his degree here. He was like, well, because in this country, the only thing that matters is the paper. But mm-hmm. they took the paper away from him, you know. So when he left, he had to come back and get another one. And that's fine. I get it. But at the end of the day, he wasn't the paper. Mm-hmm. He was who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the end of the day, what, who I was going to be and what I was going to do, and it wasn't so much about the paper. It's about who I was. My dad got his degree in accounting. My dad yeah. worked in a bank for two weeks. My dad hated the bank. He couldn't handle it, you know, which was, you know, my grandfather was a banker and his father and his father and his father and his father and every Weller for 500 years has been in banking. Not my dad, not my uncle either, but that's another story. But not my dad. My dad tried it. He said no. What's, can you actually tell us a little bit about that whole story? Like you, you talked, you dropped a lot of things in there. It came from Cuba or lived in Cuba. Yeah. Uh, yeah. what, what can you tell me? Because I actually don't even know this. And so so my grandfather, my dad's dad, guy named John Albert Weller, right? He's British, right? He comes to Cuba. He's educated. Uh, he's educated in Canada, Queens College, in Canada. He gets a degree in finance, and he goes back to England and he picks up a job working for uh, British Secret Service. Okay. Ooh. Pretty sweet. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So he's actually working for the State Department at the time in finance. <laughs> he works for the Bank of London. And he's not though. <laughs> he's he is, but he's not. So he's been he's been hired to do something else. Okay. 
he's there to protect the interests oh, so of the Bank so of London he... and other countries. This is the early 50s. So wait, he, his job... It was actually late 40s. This is post-war. Explain that again. Let me make sure I'm understanding it. So his job... So he's studying in Canada during the Second World War. Okay. While that's raging. So mm-hmm. the Second World War ends, he comes back to a brand new job market. Now, there's not a lot of jobs for bankers in England at this time, but the government has a lot of jobs. Because the United States has just opened up something called the Central Intelligence Agency mm-hmm. after something called the Operation of Spe- uh, the Office of Special Services was just closed, and uh, they needed their own kind of intelligence. So they upgraded something called MI6. Mm-hmm. That was that was just what, that was their James international Bond. basically yeah the James <laughs> Bond that was their spy that was their international like we need yeah. ga- intelligence gathering situation. My grandfather just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Happened to have the right degree because they were looking for accounting guys. And so he guys. went to work for the CIA? The British or government. Or MI6? Uh, I wouldn't say MI6. It was but the like, British government. Okay. He was working for the British government. Okay. And he was protecting Her Majesty's interests in other countries financially. So he worked for the Bank of England in different offices around the world. Okay. And he was all over the place. I mean, like, we're talking about Morocco. We're talking about France. I mean, all over the world. Everywhere you can imagine. So when my dad comes along... <clears throat> They're living in Venezuela, and they had already lived in Cuba for a little bit, and they had been chased out of Cuba. Wait, so, they, they, so they're all speaking English right now? Or do they they're know? all speaking Spanish, man. But, no, but how did, they, how did they get from, I live in England, just a, Just Canada, a series of, and now all of a sudden he went to school Spanish. in Canada, and then he, no, he learned, he had a bunch, he knew a bunch of languages, not just English, Spanish. Okay. So he was, he was traveling around, the, after he graduated from college, after he got the job, he was traveling around the world, and he was in Morocco, he was all over the place, all over the world. Then he eventually settled down, found a woman, moved to Cuba. My uncle was born. Then from that, again, still working for the British government. Now he's working for the Bank of England in Havana. He gets chased out of there. What do you mean chased out of there? I mean chased out. Uh-huh. I mean the government. I'm from, like, I'm from the, the United States. The government lived in found the United out. States. The government of that foreign whole, country this, this found whole, out that he was on. opening people's mail. And they were like, you are no longer welcome here. But they didn't tell him that he was no longer welcome there because this is fascist Cuba. So they just went in the middle of the night, and somebody else knew before them, and he went in the middle of the night, got my grandfather, my grandmother was like, get on a plane. And so they were like, okay. And then the next day, my what? grandfather was the vice president of the Bank of, of England in Venezuela. <laughs> it's like my uncle. Wait, you said he was from England, though. Was he born in England? Do you know? It's a good question. I'm not 100% sure. He might have been born in England. I see. You're, you're, you know so much more about your grandfather than I know, I know anything about my grandfather. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. He's from, he lived in I know that. Place. I know that he, you know, he definitely was British descendant. He definitely was in Havana. There's a lot that I don't know because there's a lot that we're not really supposed to know, you know. Mm-hmm. But I know that he traveled around the world. I know that. Is he still alive? Here? He's not. No. Okay. When he died, we found a bunch of passports from a bunch of different countries with a bunch of names that were not his. You know? Really? Yeah. You're not making any of this up. No, this is all, this is real shit, man. With money from different countries. It was, you know, yeah. He was, no, he was, he was, you know, I don't know exactly what he did. I know that he, the guy was a wizard with numbers. Really, really good. Like, really. And he understood, like, the, the, the same way that there's correlations between, like, numbers and shapes, like lines and, and squares, whatever this. I mean, you can, you can measure so much there's that kind of same correlation with money and finance that's right. why you can measure stocks on a graph and markets on a graph and yeah i've seen that where you can like kind of predict where things yeah, are going and there's a different bit. there's different ways there's ways of quantifying what, what it is you're seeing or taking what you're seeing with num- with numbers and quantifying it into a visual image such that mm-hmm. you can see patterns of information right and that's like he was very very good at noticing those patterns of information and they follow a natural ebb and flow just like nature doesn't just like nature doesn't grow in a straight line 
uh, financial patterns will have a certain ebb and flow to them. And he was very good at understanding and predicting what he called the oven method, which is mm-hmm. he said everything in life, everything, everything, finance, cooking, making love is about what time and how much time you're in for and what time you pull out. You <laughs> say that all the time. That's everything. <laughs> everything in life, you know? Everything. It's important, you know? Like the temperature is, the yeah, temperature like is important. Know, that's a key, but you got to know when to get in. You got to know how long to stay in. That, you got to know when you're That is out. so true. Because, like, even just like uh, like the housing market, it's like betting the housing market. Everything. Then I, I'll just put it all in there. It's like, okay, hold on. But there is a point where it just goes poof, everything, falls. everything. So you got to know when that is. And so, like, yeah, man. I'm investing in a couple of things right now. I mean, this is a quick, like, little side thing. Sure. But I got a couple investments going right now that it was like as soon as, as coronavirus happened and things really started to changing or started changing and then like the stock market fell, I was like, all right, if anything weird and unexpected is going to happen and people aren't playing for it, it's right now. So like in like crypto and stuff like that, I've got some money in crypto that I'm just trying to see where it goes. It was a major reset point. It's probably yeah. the biggest reset point in the last 20 years. So the point is that it's just like, if something crazy is going to happen, it's going to happen now. So oh, yeah. I'm just betting on it. And, and I figured if I lose the money, I lose the money. But if there's ever oh, a point young, to be like, bro. everything's going nuts, yeah. let's just throw some money in here and see what happens. But Risk it, with though. him, it's the same thing where it's like, follow the stock market. Stock market's going to keep going up. Stock market's going to go, Just invest all your money into the stock market's going to go up. It's gonna, it always goes up. It's always going to, it's like, yeah, it always goes up. But then uh, that's like saying yeah. Rome. It's like, oh, Rome, it's always going to be there. Rome is always, it's, Rome is great. Rome, I mean, the city's it's like there, until sure. it wasn't, it just. Until, I mean, the city will be there forever because yeah. But you know what not, I'm saying. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. I mean, it's in a fantastic spot. It's on hills over a river. I mean. But what am I saying? I'm talking about the Roman Empire. It's right. like they're like yeah. they were like it's here. Rome is forever. Sure. We own the world. We're gonna right. be around forever. That's what they all thought. People lived and died thinking that. No, you're and eventually, right. it just was like, well, not anymore. Now it's gone. Yeah. And so, like, the United States, like, yeah, we're going to be forever. My grandfather was here. My grandmother, it's been around forever. It's going to just one day. You never know. We'll see about that. Yeah. Father time is undefeated, bro. Give enough time. Yeah. You know? Father time is it's undefeated. Good. Do you think we're going to divide up the country? Right now? No. I think dude. we are. I think no. we're going to. No, dude. Come Not on. Not right bro. now, but soon. Like, in the next hundred years, it's going to be, like, you four different countries. Roll. Everybody is so soft in this country, dog. Think so? <laughs> oh, my God. No one yeah, wants to build anything. Like, like a, yeah, build okay. Well, let's, I want to see what they build. <laughs> you know who builds stuff? The people that are in the trades, bro. It's a fantastic segue back into my story. Yeah, I was going to say, keep, so, keep going with your, your story. So, so I'm he, pissed off at all these business classes. No, but hold up. I want to I hear about your grandfather. That's actually really interesting. We can go. We can oh, go yeah, yeah, yeah. But so where were we? You said that he was run out of Cuba because someone yeah. said something to somebody. And they yeah, got at the some word point, out. yeah, at some point he decides my, my, my dad is born in Venezuela and at some point, cause like, wait, hold up. So he was in Cuba and then he was run out of Cuba and then he was in Venezuela. Your dad's born there. Yeah. And then at some point he decided, you know what? I, I this isn't, this isn't life for me. I got a family now. I don't want to do this. You know, then my, your grandfather. my aunt is born a couple years later. Okay. You know, and you know, he's at this point, you know, he's taking his work experience. He's got substantial work experience, worked in several countries, several banks. Yeah. And uh, he's going to go find a job somewhere else. You know, the gateway maybe to Latin America. Mind you, this is like 1954, mm-hmm. 55. The gateway to Latin America maybe, a place that nobody's heard of. Some sleepy little city in Florida called Miami. Oh, okay. So he decided, yeah, you know, maybe that's where I'll go. United States. And the British government was like, yeah, that's fine. We don't have a problem with that. <laughs> You're going to work a civilian job. That's cool. Go ahead and do your thing. Okay, cool. So How in the go. world did he choose Miami of all cities? There was a place called Southeastern Bank. That needed a vice president. 
and he had already been working as the vice president of the Bank of London in several places. So he had the job experience, and in addition to that, I mean, he spoke several languages. It just kind of worked out. It actually was a good move for Southeastern, too, since he had all these connections in South American countries. He opened up Southeastern's Latin American division, which was huge. That allowed that was a big thing when Southeastern was later acquired by Wachovia, which was inevitably acquired by Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's, it's, kind of, it's, it's crazy because... I mean, I guess it makes sense because it's like, where where would I want to go? Well, the United States seems kind of cool. Where should I go in the United States where I could make the most money and profit the most? And it's like, well, go to the culture you get. And it's like, well, where's that? Miami. Yeah, I mean, it's just about as close as you're going to get to everything else that you got going. And it's also a place where laws are enforced as they are written. You know, they are not written as they are enforced. What do you mean? Like Miami specifically or the United States? Wait, in the, in Miami is in the United States, a place where laws are enforced first as, as opposed they are to written, like uh, as they were written as opposed to Venezuela? they are written as they are enforced so they are written as somebody is enforcing them versus oh, they I were see. written first i see what you're saying i see what you're saying yeah. so it's not like someone's like you can't do that is there a law about it no but i'm it, writing one right I'm, now i'm making it up right now yeah it's <laughs> a lot of places in south america are like that the cops make the rules up on the like around the fly you know yeah, I, mean, I guess it, it kind of checks out um, it's a fucked up world, bro. But so, like, then your dad was settled here and ended up yeah, staying came here. Yeah, he was like four or five. Went and to then Sunset you guys Elementary. just learned. So, you guys, because you learned Spanish first or second? First. first learned language. Spanish before you learned English. Yeah, man. Like, was that because of the schooling and, and your parents and stuff? Or Yeah, I think it was because. I don't know. My grandparents both spoke Spanish. They both spoke English too, but they just, they, you know, they, uh, Spanish was, they wanted me to be bilingual. Being bilingual is a, is a big yeah, thing. You know, it makes, it's, it makes a huge difference in, in your life. And I'm, that's one of the things I'm most grateful for is, is just being able to speak two languages from the time I was very, very young. Yeah. Uh, but you know, my grandmother was a Spanish, my grandmother, on my mom's side. So I never met my grandmother on my dad's side because my grandmother, on my dad's side died when he was in his twenties. But when I grew up, that's, you know, I grew up mostly on my, my mom's grandparents took care of us a lot. My mom was a doctor. She worked at the hospital a lot. My dad worked for the city. He was constantly doing all kinds of stuff. That's when I was younger, before he owned the, or after he owned the construction company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got taken care of a lot by my grandparents, my grandmother, grandfather, my mom's parents. And my grandmother was from Spain and she had uh, come to Cuba after college to educate, you know, the kids in Campo. And all the just the the kids in the fields and everything that you know didn't have access to proper education. There was mm-hmm. a good Spanish woman who knew it was good, and she was going to come and educate all the poor people. She's mm-hmm. she's just that kind of person. She so has like, crazy it, pride like that. So your family is from England, but then moved to all over. Like you're saying, they were jumping around, and then but like Miami is like the home. This is like the hub. Yeah, I was of born like, here. Yeah, of it. Now and my dad, you, my mom were raised here. Yeah. As you talked about like the history of of your grandfather and stuff and like his involvement in world war two and like, like sort of, maybe well, not it was close. he was, he was in college. Sorry, not his involvement with world war two, but how world war two shaped events that, oh, that yeah. shaped his story. Um, you did tell me that one of the things that you find to be very important is history. Yeah. But absolutely. you didn't give me any context into like why that, I, obviously I can draw conclusions as to why history is important, but to you specifically, what in history is that important? What do you think people should be paying attention to in history? And like how much time do you think people should spend studying it? 
Because you you talk about spend, doing a history podcast, like you obviously have a lot of opinions about they history. They spend a lot of time studying. There's a lot of there's an old saying, and everybody knows it: that those who do not study history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, it's true. Most people don't know that that saying is really old. So old that we forgot the second half. See, the saying goes: those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. Those who do are doomed to watch. Oof. Really? Is that really I the quote? I swear to God, I didn't make that up. Google it right now. You want, you want me to? If you want Google to, it? if you don't believe me, I mean, I invite anybody to Google it and call me out on it straight up. That's how confident I am in it. It's just like a jack of all trades. He's a master. It's a none. very like hopeful quote and makes it very negative. Well, I mean, that's like that's like you can do that with it. There's a bunch of quotes Damn like it, that. that makes like, me you really know the, sad. You know the jack of all trades quote? The jack of all trades is a master. master of none. Yeah. yeah but that's for, oftentimes better than a master of one. Yeah, I think I have heard that, that second part. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, which I actually think that's completely true. I think it's way oh, yeah, more important absolutely. to know more things than to know one thing really well. It depends on what Look it is. Look at all those programmers that work for like these big companies. All they can do is program. It and depends so people, on what it is that you're doing. There's um, there's a book that I read called... Uh, you usually can't be the best though. Like If you do one thing, the likelihood that you're going to be that good at it, better than everyone else. Like Imagine if you were just trying to be good at guitar. How many millions of people are going to smoke everyone who's... Yeah, but what if that's not your thing? Same point. The point is that like being so good read, at a lot of things, you have a, a better chance of succeeding than trying to be good at one thing. I read a book. I can't remember if it was a Brian Buffini book. It was some sales coach who was talking about some guys are going to be better salesmen. Some guys are going to be better sales managers. It's just right, that what it is you're going to be. I read another book called sales. Sacred Hoops by Phil Jackson, the guy who coached the Lakers and the, the Bulls. He talks about the importance of working as a team cohesively. And I read a third book by a guy named Laszlo Bach. It's called Work Rules. And I'm not just trying to rattle off all these books that I've read to you. There's a point to this. The third book talks about in business or in work or whenever you're trying to get into anything, there's uh, fundamentally there's two roles. The role of the specialist and the role of the manager. Everything else is bullshit. You have a team of specialists that are surrounded by a manager. Every specialist should have a job, and they should know what that specialist is. And you see this in, in a lot of different ways, but this is something that they pioneered at Google. This guy, Laszlo Bach, who's a senior VP, he pushed this super heavy. Mm-hmm. And the concept is you have one guy, a manager, but that guy's not in charge. His job is to remove all the obstacles that are in the way of any specialist mm-hmm. so that a specialist can do his job. And what they found is that when they did that team mentality in that way and they pushed it in that fashion – things got done a lot faster mm-hmm. and a lot the, the product that ended up coming out was a lot better so google moved all of its teams that way and they exclusively work like that now and it's a it's a fantastic model for actually getting things done well i know that's kind of like a good example of being good at multiple things because if you think about someone who's just a specialist and then someone who's just a manager and like for me my, my career right now is i'm a specialist but I'm trying to become a manager because I do think that I have a lot of traits that would work well as a manager. We'll mm-hmm. find out. But now since I started out as more of a specialist, I understand what it's like to be a specialist and what it's like to program and what it's like to have someone telling me instructions and how to fill things out and what requirements to follow. So I know what that's like, but now I can take that and now hopefully, if things go well, be a better manager because I have the skill sets of the specialist and the manager. You know what I mean? Like it's like, Oh yeah, no, I, you, that's the thing. So that's what I was, that was when I got to my management, business management. That's what I was, one of the things I was most interested in was the fact that 
like how do I become how do I be a good manager so, so I studied mm. history my whole life how do I be a good leader right how do I end up like Alexander the Great how do right. I end up like Napoleon how do people talk about me mm-hmm. years after right. you know you know Napoleon, what I'm saying especially people talk about me. Napoleon every book I've been reading lately, we can talk about Napoleon for hours but I love that was guy. he actually so I heard that he wasn't even really like short like that was no, all dude, propaganda he was, yeah bro, he was like was average British size propaganda. No, the British are just propaganda monsters bro. where do you think like is I was talking to, uh, to Nikki about this before you showed up about like propaganda and how like Napoleon we all think of as like this little shrimpy French guy who was just like a little wimp but he was like insane like he like took over everything I don't know a whole lot oh, about he, him he like, just, like he conquered all of Europe yeah it's like own. he was like this insane guy and it's Literally like well we think of him as like you. this little shrimp you know <laughs> like, he didn't give a fuck about him but it's like that's the power of propaganda of, of it can just well, it's also, I mean, that's the power of being the victor, too. Because there's a thing nobody talks about. Everybody talks about Napoleon conquered Europe and then got his ass kicked. Nobody really even talks about the fact that he got his ass kicked. But you know what nobody talk, you know what we talk about? We talk about Napoleon. He did all these things. But we talk about it in a negative light. Mm-hmm. That's only because England won. Right. Yeah, England got their ass kicked like six times. I'm not even shitting you. Like mm. five times they got a bunch of people together and they were like, we're going to kick Napoleon's ass. And five times Napoleon was like, bet. <laughs> five times Napoleon fucking whooped their asses and then finally Napoleon gets greedy right because he he had made one Russian czar like surrender and I think it was the same Russian czar I can't remember I think it was the same Russian czar who like flipped sides or like he disrespected him they had been homies too and uh, he disrespected him or something and he was like no I'm not on your side he was like fuck this and he invaded Russia and you know that's famously where he got fucked because he just was it a cold weather and stuff he didn't know how to handle it was but it was also he left late it was fucked from the beginning for a lot of different reasons. Napoleon, didn't he? He fell for some woman, and then that kind of like screwed up a lot of stuff too. I think I can't remember all his story. It's it's all because of like the propaganda makes it really fuzzy. But I think he, he got distracted from like focusing on the war or something because yeah, he, had all these, he was like writing love letters to some woman. Uh, I who it was. That's part of it. The other part of it is that he he timed shit wrong. There was a lot of but he timed so much shit right. The problem Why did he is time that, it wrong? Like what the problem is that. Napoleon was so revolutionary when he first got in that mm. he was able to take everybody by storm. And he was so organized and he was so, he just had everything ready to roll. You know, he just, he understood that war had changed and he understood how it had changed and he was able to like capitalize on that. So for a long time, the reason he was whooping everybody's asses is just because tactically he was just beating people strategically. He was just, mm. you know, he just superior tactics, superior strategy. He knew what they were going to do. He had a pretty good idea of where they were going. He was, you know, he was very good at, figuring stuff out and not only that his the way that everything was set up he could his army was not did not want for much they could forage they could break apart into groups they could defend themselves and act independently and it was just it was just super organized the guy was just as far as logistics go he was on top way i I I don't know i want to make this a direct comparison but like you know steve jobs came in with the iphone and just was like yeah this is how it's going to work and everyone was like no way and it just blew everything out of the water basically yeah it's very 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 similar yeah He's like, no, this is the way war works. And then he just started yeah. wiping the field just, down. Yeah, he just changed everything up. And it, it worked really, really well, you know, because everybody was still kind of using this old world tactic of how to get shit done. And not only that, here's the other thing is that, you know, following the French Revolution, uh, something changed, which is that for the first time ever, these armies weren't like professional armies of so many thousand soldiers. It wasn't like a 60,000 soldier German army or like a 100,000 soldier whatever army france is the second country the first country is the united states but france is the second country that throws off the yoke of monarchy and then turns around and says every single one of us is a willing and able soldier 
okay, well, wait a minute. If you got a population of a million people and these people have a, a standing army of 100,000. Right. Dude, we got Because one's volunteers here. and the other's like the whole country. Fuck yeah. All of them. Hell yeah. A million of us right now. Oh, you only have 500,000 rifles. That doesn't matter. It didn't matter to the Chinese in Korea. First line drops, second line picks up the rifle. <laughs> Keep going, bro. I'm serious. No, that's that's, that's how they beat back the first Marines. That's the nuts. only time the first Marines ever had to retreat. But if you ask a Marine, they won't tell you they retreated. They just advanced in the opposite direction. <laughs> Swear to God, I'm not making that up. Uh, gosh, this, this, I actually really enjoy this. I'd love to hear like more of this history stuff because I'm just trying to figure well, out. We got no, we got this podcast coming. We were supposed to. We were supposed to record today. We didn't because I wasn't prepared enough <laughs> i started going through my notes and everything like right before the show and i called boss and i was like dude we got to put this off one more what, what are you guys going to talk about today we're going to talk about the start of the roman empire uh, i was going to go over just basically the the where it starts how did rome get to a place where most people think rome starts with this the uh the punic wars that go on with carthage mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be honest with you i can all rome history i'm like it's all fuzzy. And most I people just I don't know where it starts. Yeah, it's I have, I have most no timeline of, for it in my head of like when things happened. Yeah, the long and short of it is that nobody really knows when Rome officially started. You know, it was just a really strategic spot in a really strategic location. You know, and it just kind of worked out in that way for everybody's you know favor. Just was a bunch of villages that took took place, or a bunch of tribes that took you know home on top of hills and they just happen to spring up and outside of these seven hills with big rolling plains which are great for like planting and grazing hills are easily defendable you're right at them on the tiber river which opens out to the ocean it's just easy to get to everywhere it's just it was an ideal spot and it just also happened to like be dead center in the middle of the world and i get into this on this this podcast that i'm starting it's called chuckology so it's <laughs> it's uh sociology anthropology and um mythology as told by Chuck, <laughs> Chuck is the nickname I had from high school. Good, yeah. But the um, I like that you sent it with like the little uh, dictionary like M. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's when I do the branding for it. The idea is yeah, to put that. that as like you know. I love that. As the uh, yeah, you can actually literally make action. that. Well, it's not. We won't get into because it it's you know different podcasts, right? Especially since idea. I'm sure that I'm going to make up words in the process, and I'll just throw those <laughs> words up with definitions. They're like unfuckwithable. It's like fantastic. I didn't make that one up. That's. <laughs> Shout out John Linsky at Christopher Columbus High School. That's that's another thing is I had great history teachers early on, you know, that took mm-hmm. these these concepts and these things that happened and really turned them into these just fucking movies as they were talking about them, as they were explaining. And it that's just, like the, the type of thing that you would like a, a Dan Dan Carlin or whatever type. Uh, you know, he he takes it almost to another level of intensity because it's a movie with an analysis. It'd be like watching a film with a film guy. You know, like, pause, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> with like a laser pointer, just like, notice the lighting right here. You yeah. know, it's just yeah. like, you know, he's a little bit intense. I can't, I can't even and sit Dan Carlin his. is nuts. Like, he'll, he'll just, yeah. he, when, I, well, I didn't listen to a whole lot of his podcast, like probably a couple hours or something. Um, but he was talking all about World War One. Oh, talking yeah, about I've heard like the World machines or yeah. what changed World War One, like, like World War One yeah. was like the you, you know like that who is that guy who the the well, was, the, the mining killing or, on an industrial the, scale. Well, I was gonna say like it, if you have um, people were were going into the coal mines, actual people like digging out coal, and people would die, and then all of a sudden all these machines came through. And it changed the way the coal mining worked yeah, because man. you just couldn't outwork a machine. Right. And that was the same thing that happened with World War One, where it was like, all right, now we're not fighting this with people. Now it's machine guns. You know, it's like the machines are going to 
Well, yeah, these, we got guns that can shoot further than you can see now, boy. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying we got a gun that'll shoot though, a quarter a of a mile. Scary, What's like, you know, if you get within war. a quarter of a mile, that's fine. I got a gun that shoots 300 rounds a minute. Well, you know how like, like World War Two is the one we always focus on. We yeah. don't really focus on World War One much, but like World War One, like he was the first person that I listened to that was like, World War One was not a joke. Like that was a gritty oh, war, no, it like was, barbed wire and mustard World War II, gas. And it's like, easy. It's easy to like sensationalize, right? Because it's a hero story. Yeah, it's easy. It's you know, it's we had this terrible force, the Nazis, the bad guys that come over. They're gonna take over red the flags world. And yeah, like, dude, they're here to fuck your shit up. They yeah. don't care about nothing. They're gonna kill all the. They're Jews. like a Darth they're Vader villain. All, yeah, oh it's like a very God, villainous the villain. Yeah, they and they're gonna do it because they're better than. Mm-hmm. Then they know that they're better than you, and not only that, they're trying to make yeah, a better like, world. It's, yeah, it's just like the by perfect eradicating you because it's like, why do they want to get rid of you? Because like, you're not them. Yeah, because you're exactly. Yeah, and it's so ter- it's it's evil. It's terrifying. It's yeah. just like oh. But so it's such a filmic villain, and so that's why people focus exactly. on World War Two. But World War One is like, well, what? there are there are no film villains because even. You look at this, like, generally speaking, it's the losing side that's the villain, right? So you look at, like, the German side or, like, the central powers in World War One. Let me tell you something, dude. I've read some of, like, the historical accounts of some of the soldiers, like the diaries and things like that. And today, none of them were bad guys. Yeah, because they probably didn't even know what was going on, no. like, a large scale. Not in, not in that scale of people. Think about how many people died in World War One. We're talking about sometimes it had 300,000 people that died in a day. That's insane. Because <laughs> you think about, like, 9-11 and how, like, such a serious yeah, moment that was. And that was, like... 3,000 people? Oh, my God. Two entire generations and it's of like human beings were wiped thousand. off in a day. Chilling. No big deal. That was like a newspaper headline people ignored. How many people is that? Like, really? Millions of people. France lost like four and a half million people, I think. I swear to God. It's not even like... out an entire generation. Yeah, no, several generations, generations of people, of people, dude. For a long time, there were no young men. This is a big problem. This is one of the reasons that France folded so early in World War II. There was just no young men to in the 40s. Something like that, yeah. Because all the young men have been wiped out. Can you think about how, how insane it is that things in history can have such a long ripple? Like even just the Great Depression. Like the Great Depression changed the way those people lived, which made them more like kind of penny pinchers because they had no money, which then influenced like the, the boomers and stuff. Or you and so can that, say the Great Depression have... changed everything because the Great Depression inadvertently caused Hitler. Yeah, I mean, it, that, I mean, that's one of the waves, yeah. I was just thinking yeah. just about generations though because... We have a certain viewpoint in our generation that we look at other uh, generations in sort of like a resentful way or like, why, why is this generation this way? Why aren't they like us millennials? Or like, you know, why? why Because they went through different things. Yeah. And it's like, because the world was different then, you know, you you had to be a penny pincher. You die. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, whatever. Like, it's just like, and then it's like, I don't understand how they lived like this. Like, because you didn't have a choice. Yeah. Because like, if you look at. There was uh, no other way to live. (laughs) Even the people that didn't live in a penny pinched world where if you didn't penny pinch you die they were raised by people that lived in that world and yeah. so it's like it just or just or in a different world whatever that world was maybe they didn't live yeah, in a, like, in a world where penny pinching or maybe they lived in a world where before our grandparents where money really was that big of a deal yeah, they think about like you know, if you had skills if you if you were a carpenter or you could do things you know with your hands or you could make things work you were a tailor you're whatever you, you no, exactly. It's not like, that big of a deal because you just traded. You and know? and now it's like you. Plus, have you didn't know if the bank was going to fail or not. I mean, we're talking about. I'm talking about like back in like the early 1800s, and especially in a country like the United States, you know, it's been around for 50 years, not even 100 years at this point. Yeah, we don't know if the banks are going to. Yeah, gonna and like, are you kidding me? What if you, uh, you can't even enforce the laws from one state to the next? Sometimes, mm-hmm. unless it's a federal law, it's a different story. But otherwise, the states have a lot of jurisdiction prior to the Civil War, a lot of jurisdiction. 
I mean, almost an unnecessary amount of jurisdiction. That's how the Civil War happens. There's so much jurisdiction. They're like, you know, this, this ties we're exactly, fucking out of here. This ties exactly. We're done with this, on, this bullshit. This, this ties exactly into what you were talking about, your grandfather, about knowing when to get in and when to. Yeah, exactly. it's like, you know, it, right now, like, imagine if I had kids and I was like, oh, you just got to, like, meditate and, like, don't be on your phone so much and like mental health like this is the stuff that we're all preaching right now like oh, mental, but, maybe but that's... then it's like then we go to war and like we have to survive and have to learn how to shoot people and like live in this cutthroat world like we don't know what the next generation could be and we're teaching them like well you well, should talk we to people maybe we eliminate so that, that maybe the next war isn't like that maybe the next war is a digital war but, maybe but you the know next what I mean war is an like, economic war, like we can only teach the next generation so much because we have no idea what world it's going to be in like people told me about like well that's part of you know that's that's part of worrying too much about the future so the Hindus in the Hindu Bible the Mahabharata there's a there's a part called the Song of Songs, the Bhagavad Gita. But the it, Song of just, Psalms is in the Bible The Song too. of Songs. No, oh, that's, song that's of the Psalms. Song, P-S-A-L-M-S. No, but the Hindus have something called the Bhagavad Gita, which oh, translates true. to the Song of Songs. Okay. And it's a confession of this God whose name is... His name is Vishnu. He comes to the earth via this avatar called Krishna to talk to this guy Arjuna. And to help him figure out some shit. And there's there's some drama going on because Arjuna's uncle is the king and the king's sons are trying to hang on to the throne, but they're not supposed to be on the throne. Arjuna's supposed to be on the throne because of some complicated bullshit. Arjuna's freaking out because he's got to go to war with his cousins and he's thinking about the, the past and he's thinking about what the future's going to be like, if he wins or if he loses, whatever. And the god is like, <laughs> not the god, Krishna is like, hey, you're not, you're not understanding something, bro. That's in the past or in the future, but it's not here. This is the present. You have to have presence in the present. This is a key. Presence in the present is presence in the supreme presence. And this is the point where he starts to transform. He starts becoming, instead of this human avatar, he starts in becoming the God. And he starts confessing his eternal and divine love for humanity and this planet he's got, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. But the point, the larger point is that one of the oldest texts in human history says in very, 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 you know, blanket terms to think too much in the future think too much in the past is never going to get anything done yeah i mean yeah, I, and i actually agree with a lot of that. i've been i've been studying um like stoicism a lot lately kind of like investigating that my boy marcus aurelius yeah dude marcus, marcus, boy marcus, marcus aurelius, aurelius is the man dude, you know it's he, like no, there's so really many was. things there's so many things that i'm like really wait was. who said that what was that from it's like oh marcus aurelius. do you know his yeah, story marcus aurelius. Uh, i know it's I want to make sure I'm not mixing up. Bro, he's got a wild story. Isn't he the one who was the advisor to... Was it Nero? Wasn't Nero that he was... Who's, who's involved with Nero? One of those philosophers. Oh. I forget who it was. It doesn't matter. See, I can't it's remember what he was. No, but Aurelius, I just know Marcus, Marcus Aurelius. Marcus every Aurelius. quote I find, it's all Marcus... Everyone, Marcus meditations, Aurelius. all stoicism is all Marcus Aurelius. You know about when he wrote the meditations? Bro, I'm about to tell you a story. Check I started reading that book, by the way. His no, book, it's, Meditations. It's well, fucking the, fantastic. The, but... The um, so Marcus Aurelius is just a guy, right? And the emperor at the time is like, Yeah, bro, guy named Tiberius. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, bro, you know what? Um, actually, I don't know if it was Tiberius, I could be wrong about that. But the emperor is like, You know, at this time, the emperors would choose their successors, so they would choose the person who's going to be emperor and they would raise them as if they were their own sons, or usually some high born nobility, etc. etc. Marcus Aurelius is one of these, but he's not going to be the emperor. He's got an older oh, brother, oh, yeah, I remember. he's going to be a he, part of the family because he was normal, and then all of a sudden, he had. 
right. a so lot. Like he's he cool with that because he, as far as he's concerned, he's cool with just learning the arts and studying, and he's not really all that healthy anyway sometimes, and he's you know generally sick, and he's not that strong. I mean, he's just as strong as you're going to get, but he's, you know, he's more about the mental shit. He's more... He's a more cerebral kind of individual. And eventually the emperor dies and his brother and him become co-emperors. And his brother is going to lead military campaigns and things like that. And he's fine with that. It doesn't matter. But they're on campaign and they're up in up near modern day Germany. And um, I think they're just south of the Danube and they're like raiding north to like beat back the barbarians. And something happens. Either Marcus realizes his brother catches a fever. He gets injured. Something happens, but he dies. And now mm-hmm. Marcus Aurelius is the emperor of Rome, the sole emperor of Rome. And I know what you're thinking. That's like, oh, wow, this guy has the world in his hand. And you're right. right. But he's right now in hostile territory, surrounded by guys who hopefully are loyal. And he's 500 miles at least away from the seat of his power. Who knows what can happen? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's a terrifying, it's a terrifying thing to think about. You're yeah. a weak guy. Like, the only person you've ever had to protect you, your brother, has just died. You know, like it's a wild thing to think about, like the awesome responsibility that gets put on this guy's shoulders. Yeah, overnight. so he, he literally goes from nobody to boom, the most powerful, technically, and dangerous and threatened individual on the planet. But he's not in an area where it matters, right? Is that what you were saying? Like he basically is. Oh, the, he's in hostile land, yeah. Right. But not only, yeah, he's in a not only is he in an area where it doesn't matter, he's in an area where it can be taken from him immediately, and people want to take it. A lot of people want to take it. Any one of those soldiers would take it if it meant that they got to be king mm-hmm. or emperor. In this but then case. what happened next? Because I guess I don't know this this story. Um, he ends up. I read more about their like what they right, said he ends than up what they did. The barbarians, or he ends up winning the campaign, going back to Rome, and he's very like throughout his entire like emperorship, he's very like not at odds with the Senate, but he like he controls the Senate. He's very in control of everything. Mm-hmm. He makes one fatal mistake in his entire reign. He breaks the tradition of adopting a son. He tries to make his son uh, the emperor. And the problem is that his son is soft. He was raised basically by his mother, which is not a bad thing, but it's not how Marcus was raised. And it was just, there was a lot of shit that was wrong. The culture. With it. Yeah. yeah. It was just, there was a lot of shit with the way that he was raised and his temperament and everything that was just wrong. But this is why the Roman emperors didn't choose their own sons because they were usually bathed in luxury and they were just soft. Right. That was really the problem. He was bathed in luxury. It's funny that they saw that because it's like, yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's why they usually picked somebody else and then raised them to the point that they needed to be at. And it was the job of the emperor to make sure that the empire, you know, prevailed. But what happened with Marcus Aurelius after that? So he became the king or the, he expands the emperor? Rome's temporary, uh, he expands Rome's territory. I don't know a whole lot about him in specific at this moment. Like, I've, there's a bunch of loose things that I have interconnected, but I haven't I haven't looked at the yeah, story of Marcus Aurelius in a little bit. I just know that, like... He is a real interesting guy. He's the, a true hero. He's the man. All the quotes that I that I've looked at, like any of the things I've read, any, like especially because I haven't read. I started reading uh, meditations, but I well, okay, I wasn't reading it. I was like listening to it. Like I got the audible. Like I still have it on my phone, but it was kind of hard to to listen to it as an audible because sort of like sentence with an interesting point, sentence with an interesting point, a paragraph with an interesting point. It wasn't like a story. It wasn't like it was just like a, it was like Psalms in the mm. Bible. And so I sort of was like having a hard time getting as much, excuse me, as much out of it as I think I could have. Um, I think it would, be, it would have been better to have a book because I could read it and then just sit and think about it. Like, okay, what does that mean? How does that apply to me? 
how is this useful? You know, no, for sure. In some senses, it's definitely better. But so what I did instead was like, I've read uh, books that were inspired by a lot of things that Marcus Aurelius did. Like uh, uh, daily stoic was a book I read. Uh, okay. And then like ego is the enemy. Like these are all Ryan holiday books where he, he like studied a lot of the, the sure. philosophers. And so I've heard a lot of quotes and like, uh, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a devotional where it's like, here's the quote, here's what the quote means. And it walks through a lot of things that it could be applied to. to well, he kind of takes it. it. He kind of takes it almost to like a semi Buddhist level. Yeah. At least from my own experience yeah, with Ryan holiday. You, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. It's but almost he, like a, let me venerate this individual or these individuals who have this like concept of teaching, this style of teaching. I just like it because it's modernized, you know? Yeah. So it's sort of no, like, here's how it applies to the world now. And no, so he's definitely, I would say he's definitely the modern voice of stoic philosophy. Yeah. You know, at least yes. from, from a marketing standpoint, I can't think of anybody else who maybe if you think of he's like a good marketer too. That's Jordan the thing. Peterson, I guess is big on stoic philosophy too. You can say Jesus is big on stoicism. Uh, Jesus is big on <laughs> Jesus. We don't know what Jesus was actually, but you know what I mean. That's, like a lot of the a lot of the New Testament that goes is, back to the Catholic Church, aka the greatest corporation of all time. I know the Catholic Church is something else. Just, I say that as a you know as a Roman all these Catholic. things. Like I've never I've never bashed. Uh, I'm not bashing. Like yeah, I, I know, I know. But I'm saying that like <laughs> if I in terms to bash of him, believe me, there's things I could bash him about. Like the Catholic Church, it's just like it's really fishy because it's like. This is not about God. It's not about the religion. It's about like it's a corporation. It's like a it makes all this money. It's got all these secrets. It's like in this big, you just it's all these conspiracies like that went around it. And you're just like I don't know. This it's certainly structured like one. You yeah. Know? Especially when you consider that they sell a product that they really don't have to deliver on, do yeah. they? You know. Yeah. It's, it's like I, the organized religion is a whole slippery slope of. Like, you know, I once heard a quote that I loved. It was after college. I, it was some point when I was working because I was this is, but when I was working like when I was digging holes <laughs> like picking up trash like you know yeah. like like construction like labor you know like just like grunt work but I read the quote that was like you know you should never try to get your religion retail you should always try to get it wholesale go to the source go to God whatever yeah. it is that God is yeah. you know I've, I've had conversations with a lot of people about you know what it is that God is whether it's a universal omnipotent presence whether it's you know a man or a woman or whatever it mm-hmm. You know, God does God exist? Does it not exist? Yeah, you know, that's it's, everybody has their own personal opinion about it, and that goes back to the whole mystery thing. You know, we don't we don't actually know. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You, know, you can't you can't fully know, right? Well, I mean, I guess I mean it's some there must some you know there must be some knowledge. Some I mean, it, it ex, if it exists, if it does exist, whatever. One way or the other, there is. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll rephrase. You you can bet that you you probably won't fully know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, chances we, are, we probably don't have the capabilities. Really, when you consider, it, I mean, we're just the most advanced species of ape on this rock in this star orbiting this star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we don't know how many fucking hundreds of thousands of universes there are with how many hundreds of thousands yeah, yeah. of stars. Are like quantum them. theory. And they're like, there's millions yeah, of you. Everything these is infinity. Use fucking insanity. Every dude. time a decision is made, a new universe gets created. Like, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Fuck that dude. It's a crazy world. bro. Yeah. They're like, I forget. It's about the, it's like quantum waves where they say that because of the way something flows, they determine that like light goes, it's, I think it was light. I can't, I'm, I'm obviously not a scientist, so I don't really know, but it's like, they don't understand why it can go this way and then not this way. Why did it go this way and not this way? And so the theory is that like when light particles travel, I think it's light that in this universe, they're going this way. But in the other universe, they're going this way. So every time a light particle moves, 
it's like in this universe it's going this direction and in the other universe it's going the other direction and so every time it does that that's a second like a new thing happening it's just nuts like the whole quantum universe thing you're just like I don't know that I believe it but there's some pretty smart people out there that do believe in it it's just yeah, like bro. sounds like something that's too smart for me bro yeah <laughs> I, that's why the way I, that's why the way I explained it, I was like yeah there's like things that happen and then, no, there's, then there's things, two of them yeah there's things I understand there's things I don't understand you know but that I mean I guess I you know I, I don't know I, I try to Abraham Lincoln said that the mark of a truly educated individual is somebody who can entertain a thought without truly accepting it I do my best to try to entertain every thought you know whether I accept it or not is a whole nother you know series of calculations in my head but I try to at least you know understand and you know put myself in the shoes and it's honestly like it's not easy there's a certain point where I feel like that's all I can do is entertain thoughts because I'll have a I think it's the about- only fair thing you can do yeah. I mean, so in, in terms of debate, like there's, I think, two sides of looking at this. You're, you're focusing more on the debate side and like the philosopher side of like, let me entertain that maybe I'm incorrect. What if I am incorrect? What does that mean? And like you kind of like ponder through like, sure. yeah. instead of going, do I really believe that the Catholic Church is real? Hmm, let me think about this. Well, I don't know. And then you start like pondering a different viewpoint, right? Sure. Which, like you said, I think that's a really good thing to do. But I'm saying kind of like to jump into another side of it. I get stuck where I get into like infinite loops of just there's no answer where it's like, well, I can believe this person, but then I could counter it with this, which maybe means this, which could lead to this. And look at history. That means this and this. And yeah, but that's an answer, this. isn't and it? And before I know it, no, well, I know it just keeps going. It's like things no, keep kind of like pinballing. Have you ever tried to divide by zero and look at it on a graph? That's kind of what it's like. It's just like, poof. Yeah, but you know what the answer is of any number divided by zero? Nothing is zero. Infinity. No, no, nothing is a quantifiable thing. It's zero. It's not. It's not infinity. Zero. I don't understand that because if I took a number and divided it by zero, it would be infinity. No. It would just it would, keep... If you took a number and divided it by zero, it would be undefinable, or undefined. I mean, I know that that the technical, like if you put that in a calculator, it just goes. Yeah, it's undefinable. It ends the world. It's, un- it's undefined. Yeah. That's what it is. You cannot define a number divided by nothing. Because, I mean, think about this. Think about 10. If you got the number 10, and you go, how many times is this? Or rather, one? it's not a number divided by nothing. It's a number divided into nothing. You cannot comprehend that. A number yeah. divided by nothing is zero. I just, all I was going to say. Zero divided by anything is I got to clarify this just so I don't get called out. If, if I do. Yeah, I know, this like, is mathematics. I'm talking I know, about mathematics. I know the mathematic equation in, in, like, algebra and stuff. It's, like, undefined. Like, yeah, you literally but that's, write that it is, out. That is a fundamental concept Which that I truly believe permeates but, the entire universe. But it's interesting because it's, like, you cannot defi- you cannot define it. it right, is, it is a concept with, that is undefinable within our understanding. But what I don't understand is that if I have the number ten, and I say how many times does one go into ten? It's like you have a box, yeah, and it's like one, two, three, four. Oh, it goes into it ten times. One goes into it ten times. So let me and ask if I you said this: How many? Hold on, let me say this. If I said how many zeros goes into ten, it's like one, two, three, four, five, and never increases, and so it just would go to infinity. There are none. But. It's like weird because you of can't what put zero anything is. But zero no, is just a take that concept number. and flip it. Take ten of something and put it into nothing. Try to define that. Yeah, I guess that's where the, that is undefinable. Even the mathematicians are just like, yeah, it's that's impossible. It is undefinable. You think that that's what the universe is? That that something was zero? No, but I think that that is mathematical proof of the existence of the mystery of faith. Some concepts. So okay. In so this somehow we will be <laughs> undefinable. Somehow we flipped way back. I love it, but I don't like understand that. it. I don't understand. So you said that. Say it again. Zero proves. So, 
zero. And and explain to me. Take it the number five, right? Okay. Like the number five is if you go zero divided by five, the answer is zero, right? You go nothing yes. divided by five times is what? Undefinable. No, nothing. Zero. Yes. Nothing. <laughs> divided five times is what? It's five nothings, bro. It's nothing. Right. You know, if you take that and you multiply oh, it five times. Oh, you five doesn't go into zero. It goes into nothing. 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 Yeah. Zero is nothing. Nothing. Right. Zero is nothing every single time. Zero is zero. Mm-hmm. How do you take five things and divide it into nothing? You can't, bro. The universe, the law of you, the law of conservation of energy. Energy is never created. Mass is never created or destroyed. It's only which, ever transferred. Which you can make that argument about, like the Big Bang, because like, sure, bro. Because not- even if you go, it's so really some, tricky. Because like, you can't turn it into nothing. Yeah. Right? So it's like, so you can't like, take oh, parts so of how something. did a god ex- like? This is like the the cringe atheist. Like, well, how does a god exist? And it's like, oh, he just always exists. Ha! Stupid. Why would something just exist? And it's like, well, yeah, but that's the same argument you use for the Big Bang, like. Oh, the Big Bang happened. Yeah, but where did the Big Bang come from? Yeah, it just existed. A super dense marble it's, of so matter. So you're like, well, so why did that? That if you exist, believe the Hindus, you know? suddenly the supreme being went, Om. Om. Yeah, but the the point is that it's like every no matter what you believe, there is a point where it goes. Yeah, just nothing. Zero. We divide by zero, and things just happen. Yeah, but that, I think that's that's a that, I think that is a fundamental concept in life that is not like touched upon. Enough. There's like this, the, like no matter it what you like do, it gets down to this nothing level of yeah. You can't really. It sounds like a part. typical high guy shit, right? Like you're in college, you got you just hit the bong too many times with your friends. You're like, <laughs> bro. No, but think about it. I'm serious. If you, you think about, it. It, if I have one thing, this one thing is I'm holding up a cell phone. I have one thing and I divide nothing into this. I still have nothing, Mm -hmm. but I cannot divide this into nothing. Even if I break this in half, I still have two pieces of something. Right. You know, there's always molecules. You can't, you can't get, it's interesting though, because zero is such a tangible number. Zero's right there. Yeah. People use zero. It's common. It's not like, it's it's not like an irrational number. number. Oh, oh, hear me out. Because like, you know, like you have like these, some people are like, oh, this is infinity to the power of infinity, infinity times. And these are these abstracts of, quantifying infinity and defining infinity into infinity you're like what but zero is such a common number like a, a kid understands yeah. there's no more no well, more, it no is more a, candy. It is it's a all rational gone. number it's not no a, more cookies it's not a natural zero. number but it is a rational but it's number. a number that is very common and the fact that it's like it's still a number that breaks so many things and it's like yeah it doesn't that, we don't get that part yeah and so it's like okay so let's go back in time and let's go back further Let's go back. But that's and one of the things. Keep going back to the Big Bang, and it's like, what's that? Yeah, we don't, we don't know. How that's that one of the things I've never understood about like absolutists. It's like mathematicians and mathematicians are like the original absolutists. They can understand and accept the concept like zero being undefined. But then there's other people that are just like, nope, it can't be this way. It has to be a way that we understand it. It's just like, no, it's not necessarily true. Yeah, that's a good point. There are things that we may never, under, we may never understand that concept. Like Especially the, the fundamental concept of what I'm trying to explain: dividing something into nothing. We may never understand that. That may also be the genesis of wormhole technology. That fundamental question. You know, I may be the first human being to ask <sighs> this question in well, 40 years. They reference this podcast because they invented wormhole. They're 400 years old. Isn't, isn't it crazy too, though, that like when you... It's like explaining color to a blind person where it's like, oh, well, I understand color. But if you were blind, try to get it. It just would be impossible. If you were born blind... Try to understand colors. You just can't. You try to understand sound. In that sense, I do have and a lot so, of respect for marketing people. But do you see what I mean? Where it's like, oh yeah, there's obviously levels of things that we can't get that other things could. Other anim- like animals could sense fear. We're talking exactly. about other, like sharks and yeah. stuff like that. And like, yeah, the world is. It's not simple, man. Nothing's simple. No, like it's not. I think people try to it. simplify it too because they want to try and understand it. But the thing is. 
It's amazing we're all still, still trying to figure it out. Thing is, it's like people, really people don't want to understand that there are just things that you're not going to understand. Yeah. You know, sorry. You know, that's not a question of, that's not a question of not asking questions. But that's where stoicism comes in. Cause it's like, yeah, but that's you've, okay. You've, yeah. No, that's I'm saying their answer. That, well, okay. yeah. That and I don't disagree. It's can okay. you control it? And it's like, no. All right, then just let it go. What can you control? I'm like, well, I can do this podcast right now. I can try and enjoy the things I do tomorrow. Like, that's what I can control. Sure. Can you control that you won't, can't fully understand the way the world works fully? Or that can yeah. you control that you weren't born in the future, a thousand years in the future where they figured all this out somehow? Like, you could be upset about that, but there's nothing you can do about it. So, yeah, No, I, I mean, I agree with you. I can be upset all day long that I didn't, you know, I wasn't born in the era of the Star Trek Enterprise, bro. Yeah, exactly. That would have been Starfleet's but greatest. But you also captain. could have been born like during the Great Depression or like right, bro. in Rome, like all With these no like, food, bro. Oh, yeah, man. or dude, the worst. You know what would have been the worst <laughs> is being born into Rome but not being a Roman citizen. Yeah, oh, my God. dude, isn't that insane too? When you think about like, hey, you should be thankful. Think about the way other people are living right bro, now. You could be you like, got... and it's like, yeah, or you could be living in any other time than right now. That was like. 300 years ago you know like bro, you just go back in time and things just get worse like a thousand years ago slavery was still a thing bro you could be born a slave yep. you know what I mean like not even a thousand years ago you really think about it like 200 years ago slavery was still a thing you could be born a slave it's a wild thing to think about yeah. you know? like the world has changed so much just well, in the last like, 500 years 500 years ago we were getting around with boats on a sail bro yeah. Think about that. Yeah, we insane. sent a man to the moon 50 years ago. Or no, longer than that now, I guess. 60 years ago. There's like... Uh, Damn, 60 years ago. Yo, what is the deal? Elon Musk needs to get on his shit, bro. Let's go. We need to get back to the moon. Why is this not on everybody's priority, bro? <laughs> Why? What, this coronavirus... Well, we gotta go get that flag. Get this coronavirus the fuck out of here. All right? Why we need to talk about... send the coronavirus to the moon? That's what, cancel yeah, coronavirus. Oh, <laughs> Dude, I'm over this stupid... <laughs> Yeah, I'm tired of it too, bro. I'm so tired of it just being here. Like, cancel that shit. I don't know what to say about it, but I'm so tired of it. Like, this whole year is just like just flying by, dead, just bro. being stuck at home. It's not even the worst year in recorded history. I'm gonna be honest with you. There is a worst. Dude, no. Oh yeah, there is a worst year. I can't remember which year it is exactly. It's like 308 or 508 or some shit. Our like life that. is so easy, even with coronavirus. Well, relative was, to history, there's a year where like. A volcano erupted in Iceland, and then like ash filled the atmosphere for like a year, and there was just there's no sunlight to grow crops in Europe <laughs> and it like it was a huge problem all like the way living the Asia. dinosaurs and literally, Dude, it was like, just a huge problem like everybody wow. thought that God was pissed off at the world they had no other explanation he might have been I mean yeah, yeah. literally like maybe that's why a volcano erupted you know? <laughs> as a man of science I tend to disagree with that I think that probably had something to do with plate tectonics I don't know I wasn't there yeah, but, but, but here's the thing if a God exists God knows like the future and he's like you know I know what they're gonna do we're gonna set a, off that volcano right to go off at that I'm gonna time tell you right now. if a God exists we have no idea what that thing knows or doesn't know yeah. like not and I don't say thing in a disrespectful way I mean that being that the presence, whatever the fuck it is, there is no way that we understand that, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that thing understands dividing by zero, dog. <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean? Think about that. He was bro. there for the Big Bang. He gets it. I got divided by zero. I bet to create the Big Bang and make that sound the Om, and then somehow communicated it to the Hindus so they could write it down in their book. You know, the uh, Hindu books are wild, dude. They're called the Vedas. <laughs> They're old as shit. Dude. The Darth Vedas. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, they, <laughs> like, just the V E D A S, bro. Let me tell you something. They had this guy in the Vedas who like they do mathematical calculations as to like the age of the earth and the universe and bro they're like within like five percent of like 
a shadow of a doubt. And they did that like thousands of years before Rome was a thing. Dude, people were so much smarter back then than we give them it's credit card. We, yeah. we, I think people right now think we're so smart because we can just see a lot of stuff. But it's like, in terms of like the philosophy, even just going into philosophy, I'm like, wait a minute, who said this? And it's like, he lived when? They were talking about this then? You know, and it's like, I'm, yeah, here I'm thinking like we're being smart. And it's yeah, like, bro, no, people, but the like they invented, don't change, bro. Um, you know, like, when was electricity invented? You know, it's like, it, it's not too long ago, but invented as long as it's discovered. like, sure. Yeah, exactly. But I, not invented. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. I meant like, I don't know who Tesla. actually discovered it. I know my man, Ben Franklin got shocked pretty good. I think he might've been one of the discoverers. But like, uh, I, was, I was thinking more of like utilizing electricity, like Tesla and stuff like oh, that. Oh, it's definitely Tesla. And Edison. Um, I think they were the first ones that really were like, the, yeah, we can harness this. The point is that isn't that long ago. And it's like, no. they were figuring stuff out then. And then you go back in time. It's like, People were figuring out boats and like sails and like war strategies. Oh my guy, 150 like, years ago, any bacteria was deadly. Yeah. We didn't even know that, but we didn't know enough about chemistry at that point. Bro, we didn't even understand how we were made up until less than 100 years ago. But I'm saying outside of the Watson scientific stuff, like we, we understand germ theory. But why do we, why do you and I understand germ theory? And it's like, because someone told us about it. Well, what part did we really play in that? No, we were just told it. Like, are we really that smart? You know? based on that and like a lot of people right now think that we're really really smart right now and it's like no we're just told a lot of things now yeah, bro, we're not what, that smart what is, what is smart we can we can get just there. having knowledge we can get there that's what i mean like being smart would be so i would i would say what like what kind of knowledge because there's knowledge that's inherent to people right some people are naturally good in social situations they have high social right. knowledge right? very high social iq we say that's mm-hmm. not taught are they not smart Right. Do they well, not possess a fundamental different conversation that, than where I'm going? But no, yeah, I got you. So I'm saying I, I've never really understood the concept of like defining smart yeah, as any like, one I'm, thing. I, I talk to someone's like, how do I know? Like Luke, me, how Sorry. do I know that I'm intelligent? How can I know that? It's like, well, you took the SAT. It's like, okay, that's. I feel that. I feel I'm that. good at answering multiple. I'm good if, if the answers are in front of me, I can figure out which one's right. Yeah. If someone lists out the answers on a piece of paper, I can guess the right one. That means I'm smart. Sure. And it's like, oh, well, then your IQ. Okay, but the IQ only tests certain types of, like, spatial awareness and, like, memory stuff. Does my memory make me smart? What about problem solving? And like you said, social intelligence. Because there's a lot of smart people that have zero social intelligence. Oh, and social dude. intelligence is, yeah. like, it's a huge probably deal. more important than... No, I know. I know people that... I'm intellectual thinking, thinking of one person in particular who she probably cannot balance checkbook but dude she can work a room she is the room it's incredible yeah dude the smartest the, the most successful people just machine. know this she doesn't have to if she doesn't have know, to balance a checkbook if you're she has good, somebody does that for her yeah if, if you're a good let's say this okay so you you eddie are let's say you're not intelligent okay I don't like to think that I am <laughs> but let's just say like you're really you're really stupid okay sure okay and then it's like so you don't know how to use a camera, okay? Okay. But if you're good with people, you find your camera guy. If you're and you have another friend who's a lawyer, you got your lawyer guy. There then you, you go. got your doctor guy who can get you the masks during COVID. Like you get your guys yeah. in the different places. It's like if you're a social guy. Like the people that are most successful just get their guys. It goes back to the theory, and right? Specialist them. manager. You know? There you go. If you're a natural manager, but see, here's the thing. So this is what I learned about business management classes. It's not just so much about understanding managers and management. It's also about understanding the people that work for you. And this is a fundamental in construction. Is you got to start at the bottom and you got to work your way up. So you understand all the jobs on the way up, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Because the managers, that. managers, like that. people just jump into management. You gotta. They're like, why? The they're like, why are people not listening to me? Why are people know, doing bro. what they're told? I know. gave them all the instructions, no, and you've you're never and you just, been there. Yeah, you don't get it, and it's like, yeah, maybe because, you think you gave them all the instructions, but you don't know because you've never been in the shit. Exactly. Like, you know exactly. And maybe some shit you don't know, or maybe you gave them instructions that make sense to you, but situation comes down to it, and situationally, whatever the existing condition is, is such that the advice, information, rules, regulations, whatever mm-hmm. you gave them, cannot be applied for whatever reason. And now they got to improvise. But see, that, that's a case of someone who thinks they're smarter than they are. You know, right. it's like they, they they don't know what's actually going on. They just think everyone's a moron. When the truth is, it's like, no, you're, you're the one that's screwing this up. Sure. You know, even though you, you're sitting on your manager chair thinking you understand everything, you didn't you didn't go through all the steps. You didn't understand the, the problem, the situation from all, all, all angles and stuff right. like that. Well, that's why, you know, that's why I really try to, I try to understand fundamentally the theory of what it is that every single one of, like when what I do, I'm like in construction, right? I try to understand the theory of what my electrician is doing, the theory of what my plumber is doing, the theory of what my mechanical guy is doing, my drywall, all those guys. I try to understand in theory what it is they want to accomplish so that I can work the practice of the actual building of the house into their practice because I already understand how they're thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, that way I can work it and try and fold it in. And like that, efficiency works out and that's well, an incentive. Yeah, that's all persuasion, you know, of like knowing what the other person wants and then well, you yeah, sell the idea based to, on what they want. Like if I, I, think, I if I told you like uh, if I needed you to how do I explain this? If I know what you value and what you need and I want you to do something, if if the thing that I want you to do will give you the value that you want and the things that you value, it's you know, this this doesn't have to be manipulation. This can be persuasion of like, Eddie, it is a good idea if you do XYZ. It does benefit me but it benefits you for ABC, which are the ABC are three things that I socially know are three things that you want. Okay. And so like that's understanding people. It's understanding that not everyone thinks the same, that even if I have my goals and the things that I want, doesn't mean that everyone else wants them. If I told sure. you like, if you do ABC, you'll get money. Yeah, and you were like, I'm not gonna do it. And, and I'd be like, what? What if you're not after money? Some people aren't after money, dude. Exactly. They're exactly. after different things. But here's the thing. is Everybody thinks that everybody's after money. Most people really aren't after money. And money really doesn't solve a lot of problems. It causes a lot of problems. But you can be a lot more efficient in your negotiations and your dealings with people if you try to fill. They say that business, good business, is not about figuring out. It's about filling a void. Right? That's the most important thing. Whatever it is. Whatever void it is, fill that void and you mm-hmm. will find success. A lot of times, the void is not money for people. A lot of times, even if the void is money, if that is one of the voids in their life, it's not the biggest void. Right. A lot of times, it's you know they want more time to spend with their kids, so they want to work less. Well, people know? people conflate money with things that it isn't. Well, it's know? just a universal, it's the universal reason for whatever, right? It's the reason I can't do this. It's the reason I can't do that. It's the reason I can't go out. It's the reason I can't go on this trip. It's the reason I have unlimited wants. It's a concept of economics. We have unlimited wants and limited ability to be able to fulfill those wants. Everybody thinks it's money, but it's not. It's an even more fundamental mm-hmm. currency than money, and it's time. Right, because money, if <laughs> money's paper, you know, money's nothing really. Sure. Conceptually, in a lot of ways, money isn't really anything. Right. I mean, in theory, um, it's stored labor, but yeah, it's it's a well, yeah, but in in theory, it's like we all agree. It's an idea. It's magic. We all just agreed that this green sheet of paper means I worked X amount at a certain value. We all agree, right? Everyone agrees. Right? If, if all of a sudden everyone was like, yeah, I don't know that I agree that anymore, all that paper is just like, 
worth nothing because we all need to agree that it, this imaginary this is from the book Sapiens actually that we all follow these imaginary ideas things that aren't real like countries that's imaginary it's not real countries aren't real land is real yeah but countries uh, lines yeah. states uh, being divided that's not sure. real it's all ideas we all just agreed that's Texas down there that's a good point I guess that's part of the mystery of culturalism like yeah. what, what, what our culture is really yeah I mean, yeah, or like being like nationalism or something well not nationalism but like oh, yeah, nationalism the government a bit. government authority like that's all imaginary you know it's like well we're all submitting yeah we are we are all submitting to the greater good it's like like names names is it's just something we all decide like what's your name and you tell them. It's like, well, okay, we don't yeah. even decide it. Somebody else decides before us. But we, we all agree that a name is what someone's going to be called. Their first name, their last name. You know, like that's... Sure, It's yeah, not yeah. really real. It's just an, a rule that we all decide Well, it's to an identifier. I would say that it's, it's relatively real. But it, what's... But it, well, how do I explain this? Like uh, I mean, I agree. It's arbitrarily assigned. A rock is a real thing. You can touch it. You can see it. But... It being called a rock is just something that we all decided that it's called a rock. That's the name we use to refer to it now. And well, then how like, else do you communicate? I mean, that's how we, that's how we, the word that we use to, to refer to that in this language, right? But yeah. in Spanish, you might call it a piedra. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a totally different word, but it means the same thing. I mean, it's just, it's, it's varying ways of communicating, of mm-hmm. trying to find ways of communicating whatever the hell it is that we're trying to communicate. All right, Eddie. Is that it? Are we done? Then we're gonna wrap this up. What? Uh, how long did we go for? Well, we're still we're we're, we're still finishing the episode, uh, right. but we're going for Where we hour and a half. Holy shit! Yeah, so it's a long okay. episode, so we gotta wrap right. it up. Uh, I got Feel a lot that. to cover. We jumped around a lot, uh, yeah. but I, I appreciate you just jumping on here and, and doing this. Uh, anytime, so. man. Uh, so plugs. Uh, let's start with you. I, I know that you've been getting a lot into taking photos. You got your camera and stuff like that, but you're also doing music and. Right now, this is kind of like your platform to tell my listeners like where they can find you if you're doing something. If they yeah, I mean the my Instagram number one hustle them. right now. I build houses, <laughs> I try to build high end custom homes. Um, I love to do ground up stuff. I love really creative stuff, really wild stuff. You know, I put a glass floor into a house for a guy on the second floor so he could see his pool. Wow, that's I did. Sh- oh yeah, no, we do. If you can dream it, we can build it, bro. <laughs> that's kind of what we do, you know? And mm-hmm. I, uh, it's a lot of fun, you know? In that sense, I get to play with art and, you know, also get to practice economics and, mm-hmm. you know, management and all that stuff. But that's, that's, I would say, you know, 40 hours a week, that's what I do for a living. You mm-hmm. know, and I have a lot of fun with it. If you, you know, obviously, if you or anybody that you're listening to knows about that, who knows about anybody that wants to do any kind of work, yeah. feel free to contact yeah, me. Yeah, wants to. Something insane like a glass floor. Yeah, or if they have even ideas that they just want to talk about, you know, is this feasible? What am I gonna do about how, this? How can they contact you though? Like, what what's the best way to to send you pictures or talk to you or? Probably my email. Probably the best okay. way. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely find me on Instagram at Chuck Zula, the Mike Rula. <laughs> uh, that might be changing soon though. So. You can you can follow him on or you'll see him on my Instagram for sure. Yeah, I say, like definitely. You'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll tag me somewhere. If Do I you want to give him your right. email? Yeah, yeah. I might as well. It's Eddie Weller Jr. It's my name: E D D Y W E L L E R J R at gmail dot com. And uh, pretty much, you can send me something there. And I get a lot of emails, but 
you send me stuff or you want to talk about stuff, I'm more than happy to answer and try and create a dialogue <laughs> to communicate. I yeah. love communication in general of any kind, you know. So that's that's it. Beyond that, uh, my dad was a contractor too, and he was on Bob Vila's home again a couple times. So we talked a little bit about let's build this shit, you know, where we got started with that. That was kind of the original inspiration. Plus, I had some ideas for things that I wanted to do. Yeah, and I know you had done some stuff, and I just you know made sense to try and partner with you because you know, I like the way that you did stuff, and there were cool stuff that we can build. We got through, uh, like you said, the lounger, and we started the. Um, the projector screen but i've got other episodes and stuff like that coming up that i want to try and get out there i might try and make its own instagram you know so that yeah, it has its own definitely. like platform that way i can kind of separate my own stuff oh you can find me on the construction stuff at amcon group too because i have i have pictures of stuff and that's amcom amcon group oh, c-o-n yeah okay. group like a group of people okay might be amcon underscore group it's definitely it's linked on my page okay <laughs> Um, but yeah, we got that rolling. Um, I've been in a million music projects since I was like 15, 16 years old. <laughs> Currently, um, I'm part of one called Dirty Money Monaco. And I'm working on starting another one called I Am El Ocho. Or just DJ Ocho. Just okay. Ocho, like the number eight. Um, just because that's been my favorite number for a long time. <laughs> most of my life. And it just hit me one day I was going to the gym. Like this is gonna be like this is it you know cool and uh pretty much oh we're starting this podcast like i said chuckology you know yeah that's it's the one i'm excited for I'm history excited. mythology anthropology and sociology makes a little bit of mythology told by your boy yeah. you know so it's got a good brand too i really I, I keep going keep, keep it up you know get that out. yeah i just you know i'm always involved in something i try to i love projects that's how i ended up in constructions because <laughs> they're individual projects but you know, that's I'm always trying to figure out how can I make this a little bit better? How can I make that a little bit better? I mean, you talked about you know like getting a camera, messing around with a drone. That stuff's all fun. It was all you know. That's part of that was part of my looking into trying to understand what it is that you guys do from behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, when you guys are filming or whatever, so I could kind of tailor the things that I do because this is this is kind of how I figured right is Instagram is all about like you know showing or not Instagram but social media in general Instagram specifically is it's all about showing like you know this is what life could be like or this mm-hmm. is the marketing of it. this is how great it could be whatever and to be honest I've been very blessed in my life that a lot of my life is like a lot of the shit that you see on Instagram <laughs> you know I spent I've been lucky I spend a lot of time on a boat I live in Miami it does not snow here like you know every girl is good looking <laughs> almost every dude is good looking if he's not he's got ridiculous money you know Ferraris drive down the street I mean one of your neighbors probably has a Ferrari you know what I mean like it's just it, it it's a it's a while and I recognize that I'm blessed and I'm extremely lucky <laughs> you know you know what I mean right. and you know it, it's in that sense, one of the things that I started looking around and realizing was like, you know, this, not that there's a stream of income there is, but it's just that this, why, why don't I just, some of the shit that has gone out of my life, we started talking about all kinds of stories, about yeah, I can tell you stories around. about high school, college, just shit that I got into. I mean, we all got into it, but Miami stories have that, you know, extra, I could tell you other people's stories too, <laughs> but the sort, long and short of it is that I've been very blessed with the, the life that I've lived and it's given me a lot of perspective yeah. on a lot of different things That's in a lot awesome. of different ways. It's you like, uh, that's all you can ask for. So, all right, I gotta, I gotta wrap, I gotta end this episode. No, I feel um, you. But, you know, you're free to stick around. So, uh, okay, listeners, uh, appreciate you guys listening. You can follow the podcast at WAITSB Podcast. That's the acronym for We're All in the Same Boat Podcast. Uh, go give Eddie a follow or send him an email if you want to see, like, stuff he's up to, uh, what he's doing. 
And you can follow my personal Instagram at L-U-K-E-R-O-C-K-S-W-O-L-D. So, Eddie, appreciate you being on. Bro, anytime. This is where we do the outro music part. So on three, two, one, outro music.